to the Icon Church podcast. Icon Church is one church in five locations. Our vision is human flourishing. We pray that this podcast helps you to flourish in life. For any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. We hope you enjoy this podcast. So good, it's so good to be in church and uh, we all want to say again that if you're here for the first time, we want to give you a great welcome this morning. But also, we're live in Sutton and we're also, this message is being uh, broadcast in our Derby location, our Sheffield location. So if this is your first time in any of those locations, we want to give you a huge welcome. Come on church, why don't we welcome people? So good to see you. And you're only a stranger once. You're only a stranger once. I just want to mention two things. Gavin's already, already mentioned uh, our conference. And I really would love this year for our church, you know, just to really lean into that conference, maybe stronger than we ever have. And every year it's fantastic. But I want to encourage you because I believe that there are times of holy moments where God meets with us as a people. You know, it's not a conference that we advertise for other churches. It's just for us. And it's just so that God can speak to us. And I've got a couple of great friends coming, Rob Walsham. Many of you will know Rob already. He's been here. He used to be a Lardidar Anglican vicar, and uh, uh, he, he loves me saying that, so that's why I say it. And uh, now he's got a ministry that travels all over the world. And um, uh, and also Per Johan Strenstrand, PJ. You can call him PJ, all right, Pastor PJ. And uh, he's been a great friend for many years who we've met, but we've never had here. And he's from Life Center in Sweden, different locations across Sweden. He lives in Stockholm and it's near Stockholm. And it's so great to be able to have him. So I really encourage you, lean into that conference. You know, come to everything, Friday, Saturday and Sunday as we go through. And we're actually gonna finish it on Sunday night with our second week of baptisms, which is fantastic. You can take your seats. And then we're going to turn to God's Word. And as you take your seats, let me just remind you, if you've not got the app yet, get the app because all the information's on there. You can sign up for iContract. You can, you can look at all the information on there. Awesome. We're starting a, a, a series this morning, which we're not doing in consecutive weeks, but we're going to do three messages maybe over the next uh, little while. And the, the message is, the series title is called This Is Us. And the idea is that to have confidence in who God has called us to be whether that's us as an individual, you and me as individuals, but also us as Icon Church, just to be confident in who God has called us to be. And we're going to be thinking about our, what's been our vision theme for this year, dreamers, builders, pioneers, because I believe that's who God has called us to be. And so I want to drop in this morning to the story of Joseph, and I want to read 11 verses from Genesis chapter 37. The story of Joseph is one of the most famous stories in the Bible. Actually carries on for another 13 chapters after this. But I want to read uh, Genesis chapter 37, verses 1 to 11, and then talk around that. Jacob, that's Joseph's father. Jacob is also known as Israel. Um, Jacob lived in the land where his father had stayed, the land of Canaan. This is the account of Jacob's family. Joseph, a young man of 17, was tending the flocks with his brothers, the sons of Bilhah and the sons of Zilpah, his father's wives. And he brought their father a bad report. He told on his brothers. Anybody who's had more than one children knows what that's like, eh? Now Israel, Jacob, loved Joseph more than any of his other sons because he had been born to him in his old age. And he made an ornate robe for him, Joseph and his amazing technicolor dream coat. When his brothers saw that their father loved him more than any of them, they hated him 
and could not speak a kind word to him. They didn't talk to him. If they did talk to him, they were always having a go at him. Joseph had a dream. And when he told it to his brothers, they hated him all the more. He said to them, listen to this dream I had. We were binding sheaves of grain in the field and suddenly my sheaf rose and stood upright while your sheaves bowed down to the ground uh, and worshipped it. His brothers said to him, do you intend to reign over us? Will you actually rule us? And they hated him all the more because of his dream and what he had said. Then he had another dream and he told it to his brothers. Listen, he said, I had another dream and this time the sun and the moon, mum and dad and 11 stars. There you are, brothers again were bowing down to me. When he told his father, as well as his brothers, his father rebuked him and said, what is this dream you had? Will your mother and I and your brothers actually come and bow down to the ground before you? His brothers were jealous of him, but his father kept the matter in mind. And then one verse from Joel chapter two, Joel the prophet. Uh, Joel's a prophet in Judah and uh, he, he writes his prophecy and um, some years later, it's the, it's the words that Peter uses when the Holy Spirit comes on the church on the day of Pentecost. <clears throat> After Jesus has ascended to heaven, Joel writes these words and Peter uses them on the day of Pentecost. Joel chapter 2, verse 28, and afterward, and afterward. Joel's been saying that these, these armies that are coming to attack them, but afterward, I will pour out my spirit on all people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy your old men will dream dreams and your young men will see visions. Did you notice Genesis 37 and verse 5? Joseph has a dream. He tells it to his brothers and the Bible says they hated him all the more. They already hated him and couldn't speak a kind word to him. But he shares his dream and they hated him all the more. <coughs> Have you ever had an idea, a, a dream, and you thought everyone would buy into it? Have you ever asked anybody to support your dream and just come across blank faces? I know it's happened to me. Joseph had a dream. It was a God-given dream. And he just thought all his brothers would quickly go to GoFundMe and deposit some money in his account. <coughs> but he didn't. They hated him all the more. You know, I love it when kids have dreams and when kids have passion. When I was eight years of age, I had a dream. My dream was to be a professional drummer. I'd got two uncles who were drummers and um, one... <clears throat> uncle used to take me every Sunday uh, afternoon uh, to a pub where they practiced and they used to let me practice with them and uh, I would do that every Sunday afternoon and then I have an older uncle who is actually a great jazz drummer he, he's played with some of the jazz greats and uh, he's still he's 78 years of age and he has got uh, a trio it's called the Alf Benja Trio and they still play around this this area and I went to see him a couple of uh, weeks ago and he's really good still and I think uh, getting a little bit old is even helping his hand get a bit faster, if you know what I mean. <coughs> but my uncle used to take me, and he used to take me, and used to, they used to play in the afternoon, and, and so on, and his band was doing a gig, and they had this incredible idea. They said, how about if we, we play, when we play this gig, we, we let Paul come and play one song. We roll out this eight-year-old drummer, because the crowd will love him, and they'll, they'll love us more because we've let this eight-year-old drummer have a go. And so my uncle pestered my mum, and my mum eventually said yes, and off we went to this gig. And uh, sure enough, halfway through the set, you know, people are having a drink in, and they're playing, and some people are uh, taking note of their music, but not, not many. 
they roll out me, the eight-year-old drummer, and everybody stops. Everybody watches. Everybody listens. And of course, I'm the star of the show. I think I've arrived. I think the venue is the O2 Arena in London. I think I've just played this huge gig. The crowd are raving about me. People are coming up to me after me, buying me drinks, orange. Uh, <laughs> uh, and so on. And, uh, you know, for me, it was like playing at the O2 Arena. The venue was actually the British Rail Staff Association Club in Langworth Junction. <laughs> but it started a dream in my heart that I wanted to be a professional drummer, probably not playing in a band, but actually being a session musician and playing with many others. That's what I wanted to do. Interestingly, I went back 30 years uh, to that same club and uh, 30 years later and I couldn't wait to go and see the, the place, you know, the height of my triumph in my drumming career. And I went into that place and I couldn't believe how small it was. And I'm like, is this the same place? Have they knocked the building down? <clears throat> is this a, it was the same place. You know, sometimes you start with a dream and that dream changes over time. That dream actually t changes shape and becomes different in its form. It actually appears sometimes in a different time, in a different place. You think my dream's going to take me here, but it actually, the same dream can take you somewhere else. At 15, just seven years later, my dream changed. My dream completely morphed, completely changed. I began to dream of being a pastor, of leading a church, of actually building a church that was fun, that people wanted to go to, a church that was relatable to real life, a church that was exciting and passionate and, uh, and full of life and full of joy and full of God's presence. My dream changed. And you know when you dream, when you grab hold of a dream, a dream will make you bold. You will do some daring things. You will do audacious things. And over those last 40 years, you know, since the age of 15, Jeannie and I have done some daring and some bold, audacious things. I can honestly say that every decision I've made in those years has been with the dream in mind. I've not made a decision since I was 15 years of age that didn't have in some level the dream that God put in my heart in mind. Joseph was 17 when he got his dream. And as we've already said, his brothers hated him all the more for his dream. But you know, Joseph still wore his coat. Even though when he wore his coat, his brothers hated him because it showed he was his father's favorite. <coughs> Joseph was still willing to wear his coat. Joseph didn't speak like his brothers. He, he, he was willing to share his dreams. He was willing to talk because a dream will make you bold. A dream will make you bold. You see, people accept you when you're the same, but they respect you when you're different. They, they want you to be the same. They don't want you to stand out. They want you to fit in. They want you to fit the mold, but actually they'll respect you when you have confidence in who God has called you to be. You know, I didn't say this in the first service, but Oliver, I, tell, I talk about Oliver all the time. I've been talking about Oliver in Spain. I've just been in Madrid. When Oliver came into this church as a 15-year-old, every week he would come in a suit and tie. Is that true? And people would say to him, Oliver, why are you wearing a suit and tie? And he would say this, because one day I'll be prime minister. Today, he's the youngest regional chairman of a particular party in our area, you know. But a dream will make you bold. He would, he would turn up, he would turn up at youth and our youth go crazy and he'd have a shirt and tie on, you know, and, and so on. But you know, for Jeannie and myself too, you know, people want you to be the same, but they respect you when you're different. 
when I met Jeannie, I, met, I fell in love with her straight away. I knew that she was the one I was going to try and ask, first of all, to go out with me and hopefully then to marry me. But the first conversation we had after she uh, said yes, that she would go out with me, uh, was me saying, I, I, you know, this is my dream. Our dream is to pastor a church, to build a church, to lead a church, to serve God. It's just the dream. And so I can only go out with you if you can share that dream. You know, thankfully she said yes. And, and we've had this incredible journey over many years. She said yes. And I thought she said yes too quick. She's not really thinking about this. You know, so I tried to paint a black picture of what it's like to be a pastor and serve in the church. I said, we'll never have any money. You know, because that was my understanding that, uh, you know, maybe, you know, if you serve, you serve God, you don't have anything. Maybe God will we'll have to go to another country. Um, maybe we'll have to live in a mud hut and everything. And she still said yes. I thought, she's the one. <laughs> Little did I know that God could cause you to follow what he has put in your heart and he can bless you along the way as well. But, you know, there's been many times where I've still had to be bold and I've had to be audacious because a, dr- a dream, the dream in your heart, in, in the year 2000, I was offered a job. And uh, I was offered a job uh, living in Singapore, working in Southeast Asia. And so 19 years ago, in the year 2000, they offered me that job. I was offered that job. And I was offered a salary in 2000 of £100,000 a year. That was the salary they offered me. I turned it down straight away. And, and uh, I've never regretted turning that down. Because I've got a dream. But a dream will make you bold. A dream will make you audacious. You know, because people want you to be the same. They want you to think the same. Most people say yes straight away to that kind of offer. They want you to think the same. But I believe people respect you when you're different. You know, people like Icon Church sometimes because we're different. People come to Icon Church and they say we love the music because it's a bit different. It's a bit more contemporary. Our kids say it's like a rock concert, you know, particularly if they come on Sunday nights and things like that. You know, or some people come and say we love this church because it's positive. It's faith-filled. It's got a good spirit, a good vibe, whatever language they, they use. And people like Icon Church because it's different. But sometimes when people get here, they want to turn Icon Church into the church they've come from. You know, but actually, what they respected was our difference. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, but then they tried to ch- change us. I remember a couple of years ago, somebody came and they said, you know, we feel God calling us to Icon Church. The reason we feel is because Icon Church is so positive. And I said, well, it's just who we are. We're faith-filled. We believe God. We look for the best. We believe the best. We believe closed doors are doors of opportunity to find an open door. That's how we view things. Yeah. You know, we're not always up. We're not always happy-clappy. But actually, we are faith-filled people. And they said, we love that about Icon Church. But the moment they got here, they tried to change us into the miserable church that they'd come from. <laughs> and if we, if we would have succumbed to that, then nobody would respect us because God has made us unique and God has made us different. A dream will make you bold. But I want to talk today about dream different. Dream different because a dream will make you different. You know, that uh, some of you will know the song, Old Town Road. It's been in the charts recently. And in fact, I think at our, uh, <clears throat> some event we did, we actually had the song on this stage, somebody doing it. And they had to take it off the billboard charts for country music because they got lots of res- uh, complaints about the <clears throat> song that it wasn't country enough. So why is it in the country music charts? And so then the billboard charts had a dilemma. Where do we put it? Because it was distinct. But that distinctiveness didn't stop that song becoming a huge hit. And you know, sometimes we downplay our distinctives, don't we? 
We, we think if we were only like somebody else, or if I was only like that person, or if I was only, or our church was only like, we downplay our distinctiveness, but I believe our distinctives are God-given. And Joseph looked different, and he spoke differently. And I believe for each and every one of us today that there's a dream that God will show you. And there's a dream that God will call you to. And there's a dream that God will tell you about. And there's a dream that God will nudge you into. And it may be different. And it may cause you to be distinct. But don't downplay your differences. Because people don't want you to be different. They want you just to fit in and to be the same. But God's going to make you different so that you can pursue your dream. Dream differently today. A dream will make us sacrifice differently. I don't know if any of you had this. It's happened to me, you know, uh, as a young Christian. Some of my friends used to say to me, you're just no fun anymore. Anybody had that? You're just no fun anymore. Which actually shocked me because I thought I'm having the most fun I've ever had in my life. I might not be doing what you, I was doing before. I might not be going to places I was going before. I might not be in with the crowd I was in with before. But I'm actually having more fun than I've ever had in my life. Yeah. It will cause you sometimes to sacrifice and you know, here in our Chesterfield location, Jeannie brought her word about, you know, coming into this time of autumn where some things have to die so that the new can emerge. And your dream will cause you to sacrifice some things sometimes in your life. You know, your dream is the door to your destiny. It will give you a new destiny in your life. You will see things differently. You will think differently. You will speak differently because you've got a dream. You'll have a different view, a different picture. It won't be the same view. It won't be the same picture as everybody else, but you think in a different way because your dream is the door to your destiny. I've just been in Madrid for three days preaching and speaking at a, a pastor's retreat and a pastor's conference and, uh, you know, somebody has to do it. I know, feel sorry for me. This is the mud hut we were, had to live in. But I want to show you these pictures um, because the, where the conference was held, it was on the top floor of a hotel and the, the side of the, uh, the hotel uh, conference room was windows looking out over Madrid. And I just took a couple of photos, they're not particularly good photos, and I've zoomed in a bit more on the one on the left than the one on the right, as you can see. But the thing I noticed on these pictures was the spires. The spires of cathedrals, the spires of churches that rose higher. I noticed the fact that this one here on this picture on the right is built on a hill. And everything goes down for it. It was built on a hill because God has to get the highest glory. Yeah. And God has to get. And I just thought about the people who hundreds of years ago, sometimes thousands of years ago, had a different view. They had a different dream. They thought things differently and they said, we have got to do something that brings glory to God. Their dream gave them a different destiny. Many people would die in the, buildings of these, in the building of these buildings. Many people would give their lives. People would give their finances to see this happen. And they wouldn't be thinking of themselves. They would be thinking not even of their children or their children's children. They'd be thinking of us thousands of years later who would look at these places and think, wow, these are magnificent. These are the most beautiful buildings in the city. And so they should be. Because they were built for the glory of God. You have a different destiny. A dream is a door to your destiny. And then you have a different plan. When you dream differently, you have a different plan and a different vision. You don't just do what everybody else does. You become a little bit bold. You become a bit audacious, a little bit daring, as I've said. You become a little bit distinct. You, you, you follow a different path because you've got this dream. 
You know, I've got a, a, a lot of dreams. That's why my life is still an adventure. And it's full of frustration, but it's also full of joy and it's full of possibility and it's full of opportunity and it's full of opposition and it's full of all those things because <clears throat> I've got a dream. Yeah. I've got a dream that Icon Music, and I love our creative team here, but I've got a dream that our music will bless the world. That it will actually bless the world. You know, we, the third song we sang here in Chesterfield, Miracle Moments, written by our guys. And I'm so thrilled that some of our music has, um, we've produced albums and, you know, it's on Spotify and it's listened to around the world and it's been put on other albums, it's been put on other playlists and so on. But, you know, I've got a dream that music that's written in this house as a result of what God is doing, somebody will play it in their car in South America and they'll feel the presence of God. Some, somebody will be playing our music in China and they'll sense the presence of God and they'll hear God playing to them all over the world, North America, Scandinavia, wherever, that some of that music will go around the world. I've got a dream, but I've got a frustration with that dream because I, I'd love to take <clears throat> one of our creative pastors on full time so that we could pursue that dream. So pursue, and we need to do that if we're going to pursue that dream. And I'm, I can wait, I, I, I'm patient, but today I feel like I'm prophesying and saying, let's pull that dream closer. Come on, let's pull it closer. It's a God dream that's in our hearts. <clears throat> I've got a dream that as a church that, you know, we'll have lots of on-ramps, lots of ways that people could connect with our church. You know, we see lots of people connect with our, our church. Lots of people become <clears throat> Christians, followers of Jesus and get baptized every year and and I'm praying that we'll see lots, lots more people, but we'll have what I'm calling on-ramps. You know, we've got some great on-ramps like Goo, Goo Holiday Club, Goo Play, and, uh, and things like that. We're, we're going to be launching, you'll hear more about it in the weeks to come, and this is like a sneak preview. Um, and we're going to be launching Spanish lessons here in this building. And one part of the purpose of doing Spanish lessons, one is so I can learn Spanish. <laughs> oh, by the way, I made a big mistake. Big mistake on Friday. But I'm going to say it so that you can hold me accountable. I told Juanito Johnson, who's from Fuengarola, one of the churches we support. I said to Juanito, Juanito, I'm going to preach before the end of 2021 in Spanish in your church. <sighs> Pray for Fernando and Graciela. Because <laughs> they're going to have to help me. They're very excited about that. I am very fearful. <laughs> but I'm going to try and fulfill that promise. Anyway, but I would love to create and oversee more on-ramps into the life of our church. But I need a staff member. I can't do it without a staff member. We've got a small staff relatively and for the size of our church and our finances don't let us expand into more, more, more staff mem members. I need a staff member who can, can do that for us because everybody else is full on doing so many things. And we've got a vision actually for our next building, haven't we? And moving into, a, into our next building. And, uh, you know, I heard recently, you know, we, we tried to buy that 3.6 acres of land and uh, the council wouldn't give us permission. They wouldn't give us change of use. And I heard somebody say, will it ever happen? Let me say this to you. Don't lose hope. Don't, don't lose hope. That's not who we are. This is us. If that's a shut door, it's only shut so that we can open another door, that we can move through another door. And, uh, and God's got even better for us. So don't lose hope. That's not what we do at Icon Church. We believe that's a door shut. That's fine. And, and by the way, there's some people coming to a service next week and, uh, who are developers and uh, they're interested in working with us on a, on a building. There's options for us anyway. But anyway, that's just an aside. Just keep praying. <clears throat> we have a different plan. 
a different plan. And our different plan means we have different commitments. We commit to different things than just what everybody else does. You know, I shared recently that people give, either they serve or they give financially to something for three reasons. The first reason is need. And most people do this nowadays. Most people are passionate about meeting the needs of other people. Don't have to be a Christian, but most people I see on things like Facebook or on uh, Twitter or Instagram, when it comes to somebody's birthday, often they'll say, will you support this charity? You know, sometimes it's something that's touched their lives or their family and they say, you know, don't just wish me happy birthday, but would you do something? And we give to need. But you know, Jesus taught us something about giving to need. Because one day there was a woman who came with an expensive jar of perfume and she poured it over his feet. She didn't even pour it on his face, on his beard. She poured it on his feet. And the people said, what an outrage. This, this perfume could have been sold for a lot of money and the money given to the poor. And Jesus said, hey, you will always have the poor with you. You'll always be able to do that. And many will. But this woman has given at a higher level. People give to need, but then people give to vision. You know, and in the life of church, this is people who give regularly, people who tithe, who, who, who bring their, their first and their best into the house of God because they can see there's a vision. And that, that vision changes lives and they want to see transformation. They want to see the church built. And so they give to vision. But that's the second level. But then there's another level. This is what the people in Madrid did. is giving to honor God. It's giving to honor God. And to create something that is special, weighty, that brings glory to God. And very few people give at that level. Oh, it's not the amount that you give, but it's the weight that you put on what you give. And the sacrifice that you're willing to give. You know, as a church, we, we talk about offerings every week. And that enables us to give at that, if you like, that mid-level, to give to vision. But then once a year, we have Rise and Build, which this year is at the end of October, which is a, a big offering. We're all across our church. <clears throat> we come and give. That's an opportunity for us to give it a, on a level. To do something weighty. To do something that brings glory to God. And I would love it if like those people in Madrid and other cities and other places around the world, we give in a way that we're thinking this isn't just for us. Yes, we'll give to meet needs. We've got to. That offering will meet some of our needs that we have immediately right now. That offering will also give towards our vision some things that we want to do in all of our locations to move our church forward. But wouldn't it be incredible if we came and we did something so weighty that people went, wow. That will bring glory to God, not just in a year, not just in five years or 50 years or 100 years, but maybe in a thousand years time, even people are saying, can you remember those icon people? We're here today because of them. This is happening today because of them. Different plan, different commitments, and then there's different responses. Psalm 37 and verse four says this, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Delight yourself in the Lord. I believe we can be a people when you have a dream and you pursue the dream that God has put in your heart, you can have a different response to life. Just like, you know, when people say, you're no fun anymore, you, you think, I, I'm having the most fun of my life. And we can delight ourselves in the Lord and we can have joy and peace and hope. We've talked about the land and maybe people <clears throat> having a sense of losing hope because we were denied, but we've only been delayed. We've not been denied. We've just been delayed, that's all. So we delight ourselves in the Lord and he will give us the desires of our heart. And then there's a different purpose. 
You know, for me, at eight years of age, my purpose was to be some kind of muso, some maybe even a rock star, who knows. And at 17, Joseph thought his dream was about getting prestige and power and his whole family bowing down to him, his mum and dad bowing down to him. But 20 years later at 37, this wasn't about Joseph anymore. This was about saving his brothers, saving his mum and dad, giving birth to a nation. He realized he'd been promoted, not for himself, not for his benefit, but for the benefit of others. And I believe when you and I have a God dream, oh, we can pursue our dreams, and that's fine. God will go with us. But when we pursue God's dreams, we have a different purpose. That's why I'm saying let's dream different, a different purpose to see God's kingdom come. Joel 2 and verse 28 that I read at the beginning starts with these words, and afterwards. After what? Joel's talking about an army coming and capturing people. But I believe this promise that says, and afterwards... I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will dream dreams. Your old men, sorry, your young men will see visions. Your old men will dream dreams. I believe that's not just a promise for Israel, Judah, as was back then. It's not just a promise for the day of Pentecost and afterwards, after Jesus has died, after Jesus has resurrected and gone to heaven. It's a promise for your life and my life. What about after your divorce? That God says, I will pour out my spirit on you and you will dream dreams and you will see visions. What about after your failure? What about after your mistakes? What about after things not going right? What about after losing your job? What about after? What about after whatever that God would say to you, I'll pour out my spirit upon you and you will see visions and you will dream dreams and you will prophesy that you will speak into that situation. The hope that God gives you and afterward. Joel says and afterwards because The nation was going to go into a dark time. But you know, if we learn anything from Joseph, it's this, that dreams develop in the dark room. For Joseph, it was the pit, being a slave, being a prisoner, and then he became prime minister in the future. Maybe Oliver will have to go through a pit, become a slave. No, I'm just joking right now. Sorry, I'm I'm spitballing. Anyway. We have an Instagram expectation. Point, click, post. There it is. Point, click, post. There it is. A Polaroid expectation. There it is. But actually, God dreams develop in a dark room. Joseph was in those places of a pit, as a slave, as a prisoner. And he learned about the faithfulness of God. So that when 20 years later, his brothers finally come and his father and mother finally come, Joseph can say, you meant it for harm, but God meant it for good. This is the faithfulness of God. And Joseph is not just thinking about the faithfulness of God to him. It's the faithfulness of God to them that they would see God. His faith in God was dark room faith. It's easy to have light room faith, isn't it? When there it is. When there it is, but his was dark room faith, not yet exposed faith. And you might today have a dream for your family, a dream for your job, your career. You might have a dream for your future, a dream for your life, for your finances, a dream for a breakthrough, a dream for a business. You might have a dream like that and it's stuck in a dark room right now. It's okay because God's developing the dream. He develops dreams in the dark room. And when your dream is fully developed, your greatest joy will not be your wealth. 
Your greatest joy will be what your wealth does for others. Your greatest joy will be what your wealth does for others. Your greatest joy will be that you will be able to make a contribution at the glory of God level. Not just meeting the need. Not just seeing things move forward and vision, but saying, I can do something significant for the glory of God. When your dream is developed, your greatest joy will not be your happiness, but it will be the happiness the dream brings to others. Your greatest joy will not just be because your desire has been fulfilled, because when it's all about desire, that never gets fulfilled, because you just go from desire to desire to desire. I've talked to people and they've said, I'm buying my dream house. I talk to them a year later and they say, I've got my eye on my dream house. And I think you told me that was your dream house. I've got my dream car. I've just driven my dream car. This is my dream car. I've dreamt all my life. Six months later, they say to me, I've got my eye on my dream car. I talk to some people and they say, I've married my dream wife. (laughs) You know the end of the story. I won't tell it. (laughs) Your greatest joy will not be that your desire has been fulfilled, but that your desire brings fulfillment in the lives of others. I love chariots of fire. Herrick Little, who said this, that when I run, I feel the pleasure of God. And this morning, I want to tell you that when God develops your dream in that dark room and your dream comes out and it begins to bless others, you will feel and sense the pleasure of God. When you can do something of significance because of your dream, when you can do something that's faithful because of your dream, you will feel the pleasure of God and you will hear the Holy Spirit say, thank you, thank you. And you will hear it as a whisper and here's the reason why you hear God as a whisper. Here's the reason God doesn't get a megaphone and shout at it. Here's the reason why God doesn't put your name in lights and say, Katie, thank you. Here's the reason, because he's close. And because he's close, he doesn't need to shout. And he'll just say, thank you. And you'll hear his whisper and you'll feel his breath and you'll sense his pleasure over your life. That's why I'm asking us today to dream different. This is us, dreamers, builders, pioneers. Psalm 37 says, delight yourself in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. That's two ways. He'll give them to you. He'll give you the desire. I had the desire to be a drummer at eight, but somehow in seven years, God gave me the desire to do something different. And your desire will be different to mine, but you have that desire, a desire for your children, a desire for your family, a desire for your business, a desire for something. God will give you that desire. But then the other side is God will give you the desire of your heart. This is us, dreamers, builders, pioneers. We're going to dream differently. I wonder, well, let's all stand as we close and pray. I wonder, will you stand in Sutton, stand in Derby, stand in Sheffield as well? People who are watching on the internet, so great to have you with us. I want to pray a few prayers and we'll pray a few prayers and intersect those prayers with some worship because I just want you in this moment to sense God's pleasure, sense God's voice speaking to you. The Holy Spirit dropping things into your heart and my heart, transforming us. A desire, a passion. People are going to leave our services today with a real desire in their heart to do something of significance. Whether that's in an area of serving or giving or wherever God leads, that's up to God. But I'm going to pray. 
And maybe you're saying today, I'm willing. I'm willing to be different. I'm willing to have a different plan, to have a different desire, to have a different vision. I don't, I'm, not, I'm not willing just to do what everybody else wants, but I'm willing to have a different purpose and to follow God's dream. Come on, if that's you, let's pray. I want to pray for you right now. Father, I thank you for your word this morning. I pray for each and every one of us. For each and every one of us who's saying, I'm willing to be different, to dream different, to have a different plan, a different desire, a different vision. Not just what everybody else wants, but a different purpose. I'm willing to dream the dream that you have for me. And I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Come on, let's just worship for a moment. Just stay in the presence of God and just worship for a moment. We hope you enjoyed this podcast from Icon Church. If you'd like any more information about Icon Church, log on to our website at www.icon.church. Have the best week.